0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian. Good morning, this is Dr. Caroline O'Sullivan speaking, and you are listening to Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O. Uh, we have a wonderful guest, Shannon Almond from the Las Vegas Veterinary Specialty Center, come to talk to us about advanced rehabilitation techniques for our pets. I want to, first of all, thank Sylvia Global Media Network for making this whole thing possible. I want to encourage everyone that's listening to call in with their questions, Three four seven two one five six one three eight, or for our podcast listeners, you can email to listeners at sylviaglobal dot or post in the comment section of Sylvia Global's Facebook page. Now, Hol- uh, holistic Tech here with Dr O now has a Facebook page and a Twitter page, so we'd like you to um, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. So once again, please. Go ahead and contact us with any questions for myself or for Shannon, either by emailing or by calling in 347-215-6138. So, good morning, Shannon, and thank you so much for joining me this morning. Good morning. Let's start by just... Introducing Shannon. She is a licensed animal physical therapist in the state of Nevada and a certified canine rehabilitation practitioner. She has a master's degree in physical therapy and has practiced for 15 years on the human side of rehabilitation before moving over to small animal rehab in 06. She is the official rehabilitation coordinator at the Las Vegas Veterinary Specialty Center. And that's no small shakes. The um, Las Vegas Veterinary Specialty Center does very, very wonderful, specialized, um, high-volume medicine. So you are a busy bee. Is that true, Shannon? I'm very busy. (laughs) So we we are very blessed to have you here and have you make time for us an hour in the morning before heading off to wherever or an hour of not being at work and playing with your dogs. It's very, very valuable for you, huh? Right. Right. (laughs) Beautiful. Now, um, let's talk about... What is veterinary rehabilitation? And we can get into how it's evolved. And for me, I'd really like to hear about what training is involved in a profession. I constantly tell my students, my clients, that I want them to seek help with somebody who's had appropriate training, appropriate licensing, and appropriate time on the job right. and be working hand-in-hand with a veterinarian. So rather than just willy-nilly um, and some of the people that offer treatments for animals, and we'll get into that later, that maybe don't have the skills, certification, and training that you and your staff have. So let, let's start with that. That's very important.
0: Yeah, the uh, there are two main training programs in the United States uh, that train both veterinarians, veterinary technicians, and physical therapists in the uh, uh, specialized skill of rehabilitation for both small animals and there is a a large animal uh, program as well. Um, The University of Tennessee out of Knoxville is one of them, and uh, they work in conjunction with the vet school there, as well as Canine Rehab Institute, which is um, out of Florida. Uh, Both of them have a core curriculum of courses. These are postgraduate programs, so you do have to uh, first be a graduate of your veterinary or physical therapy program, um, and then you do a core set of courses, uh, both uh, theory and hands-on uh, observation time center. Um, the, then you do case studies, uh, and, uh, and then you have to go back to the program to take your written and practical exams. Uh, right. For most people, if you're working at the same time, it can take a year or two to get this, this uh, certification. Um and it's it's definitely very rigorous. Um, it is not for the faint of heart uh to be pursuing. Um, and then you uh, mentioned, then Shannon, the-
1: that this is, post- this is a postgraduate education. So you already have a foundation of being a technician, a foundation of being a physical thera- uh, therapy professional, a foundation of being a licensed veterinarian before exactly. you go to these programs. So it's not as though exactly. so somebody off the street or somebody that loves dogs or somebody that just does, not just, I apologize, but that does let's yeah. say, some massage or those types of things can just sign up for these things. You have to have a foundation of very serious commitment to this profession. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and it, it, it
0: kind of evolved. I think the, the demand for this and um, need for it evolved so quickly that um, this is where the certifications have come from. Um, some theorize that there may be a degree at some future date, you know, where they'll, say, blend veterinary and physical therapy uh, education. But uh, right now, these are the main uh ways of being uh certified and it's certainly important that people make sure that, that if they are seeking rehabilitation services for their pet that the the person is is properly qualified.
1: Where would a where would a listener find um, a person with a training such as that you have either coming out of Tennessee or Florida? Is there a list or a website that says I've been credentialed here or I went through
0: training there and this is where I
1: work or something like that?
0: Yes, both both those sites, uh uh University of Tennessee um, uh, program and the uh, CRI or Canine Rehab Institute, uh, both of them list um, all of the uh, certified therapists, uh, be they veterinarians, vet techs, or uh, physical therapists. They'll list all of them and where they uh, currently work.
1: Very nice, very nice. Um, and that's something that we can get online or maybe we can make a phone call if folks are interested. Um, right. Alrighty. righty, <laughs> so since you... You started out on the human side, and right.
0: um, and what what made you to cross over? Well, I, I had always been involved uh, with animals my whole life. I had been participated in canine uh, confirmation dog shows, uh, obedience uh, dog shows. Um, worked in high school and undergrad doing uh, you know good old uh, kennel work. Um, in vet clinics uh volunteered a huge amount at um humane societies uh uh-huh. and shelters uh where which is gets you some very good hands-on uh experience with animals that are you know not not just your fuzzy little pets but animals that are you know dire straits um this was way before it became mainstream um even before the canine good citizenship uh exams that are now required for your pet to do pet therapy visits. Um, uh, we were doing things up in Oregon um, well before uh, it was fully acceptable uh, in terms of going into hospitals and doing visitations, not only to make the life better for patients, but to hopefully make the uh, uh, pets uh, more adoptable. We were at that time taking animals from shelters uh, that needed more attention and taking them to, these, um, to the various centers. Um, I also did my thesis in PT school, physical therapy school, on the effects of pet therapy visitations on nursing home populations. So um, that was, uh, um, you know, a very in-depth study that we did, trying to look at some quantitative measurements. There's been quite a bit of subjective information and research done on the effects of pets on people, um, but a lot of the quantitative uh, research um, has, has been more recent, obviously. Uh, but they certainly have a very beneficial effect, and we're seeing that now where it now we all pretty much accept that, um, that you know, animals will be coming into centers. My father was recently in an intensive care unit, believe it or not, at Oregon Health Science University after surgery for lung cancer, and someone came in and did a visitation with him right there in the intensive care. Sharon's topic of specialty
1: rehabilitation is uh, quite near and dear to my heart. I've had um, quite a few of my personal dogs um, treated at the specialty center, both with surgery and with rehabilitation, and watched this work not only on my patients and my referrals, but also on my own dogs. And the difference between being a doctor and being a patient is quite quite, um, quite worlds apart. Um, and watching these guys go through these major surgeries and then seeing them recover to the point where they can start doing rehabilitation, whether it's the underwater treadmill, whether it's range of motion, if it's Cavaletti work, if it's weave pull, slow weave pull work, if it's massage, all of the wonderful things that um, Shannon and her, well, most uh, people in the rehabilitation community offer, both human and animal. And and um, with the rehab, veterinary rehabilitation, Shannon and her staff are able to offer Services to orthopedic patients, neurological patients, general medicine patients, deal with obesity issues in animals, senior disabilities, performance dogs, um, animals that have just um, hurt a knee, got into a car wreck, those types of things where they've, they've been most of the time with surgery or extended rehabilitation or maybe chronic injuries and illnesses to where they need something more than just your normal, take two of these and call me in the morning. You know, just rest for a week and everything will be fine. These are usually situations that are quite a bit more advanced than that. So that's that's where Shannon and her staff come in. Uh,
0: well, the um, uh, at uh, we we at the at the center, based on how the um, the state uh, regulatory um, laws are written, I am I am uh. uh Licensed as an animal physical therapist through the uh, Nevada Veterinary Board, which is unusual. There's not many states that have been that forethinking. I I would say, um, in terms of um, having a a list of requirements for their animal physical therapists, in the center I do get um, of course direct referrals from all of our specialists. Uh, right. uh, a lot of a lot of them from our um, orthopedists uh, for a variety of different orthopedic surgeries, including uh, cruciate uh, uh, rupture repair, um, uh, problems with uh, the patella or kneecap dislocating, um, uh, total hip replacements in dogs, um, Uh elbow surgeries, all sorts of different um, joint surgeries where we then work at getting, uh, just like in human medicine, we work at getting first and foremost their range of motion uh and then uh weight shifting and then um muscle strength uh, so that they get full function back and the majority of these animals really do you know um, uh go back to 100% full uh function um we see a tremendous number of um uh neurological patients um as people some people may know out there there are certain breeds um that are very prone to uh, sudden acute disc herniation, which then causes compression on the spinal cord, um, and this is a particularly difficult uh, situation, uh, especially for the owners. I would say because there's um, not only does the animal have a a, a you know sudden um, uh, change in their mobility, but oftentimes will have um, problems with their bowel and bladder for a while. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's is a, a tremendous um, amount of you know, nursing and home care for the um, uh, clients uh, when they're taking these these guys home, um, and we we do a tremendous number of uh, um, of neurological rehabilitation, and it's just imperative to their recovery to um, to get them moving and get those signals um, uh, working again in the spinal cord. <clears throat> we we uh, we did we made a. Um, because uh, these poor, uh, you know, clients, when they take these guys home, it, I call it the beer and the headlights look when they, you know, go home with these these guys. Um, we made a, uh, a CD where we um, uh, had all of the different exercises as well as home care uh, procedures uh, filmed and put on a CD so that these people can, can go home and be able to um, watch these things after they've kind of been able to take a breath and and um you know know what they're they're in for um and we've developed a very very strong working relationship with uh with these clients in particular because sometimes it can be you know a lengthy rehab and the owners are going through you know really a very um life changing event when they uh take these guys home
1: definitely um, so, definitely true
0: yeah um, there's other neurological conditions. Uh, a very common one is uh, degenerative myelopathy, which is extremely mm-hmm. prevalent in German shepherds. Uh, mm-hmm. However, it can occur in other breeds. Um, tends to, to start when they're a little bit uh, later in life and will start with some hind limb discoordination, uh, but can progress to hind limb paralysis um, and the need to use a, uh, a dog wheelchair and have some assistance for their uh, function. Um, the only probably good thing about degenerative myelopathy is that it, it is non-painful. Uh, and these dogs, you know, typically their attitude is extremely good. They are not, it's such a insidious onset that they, they still are quite engaged um, with life and have a very good attitude. Um, It's just that their mobility is is slowly being compromised. So we see a lot of people that are very, very willing to work with their animals and help them to have a good quality of life, um, you know, up through through their life. Um, Yeah,
1: I completely completely understand that. I'm not sure if you remember my big old pit bull that had his bilateral TPLOs done and one failed and we had to do it over again. Now, he's got, you know, neurological deficit in that rear end, and he did great with rehab. I mean... So for right. our listening audience, um, I have a young Pitbull, uh, he's about five now, and both of his knees for a um, blue, like most people say that, what would be, for people, a um, an ACL tear in dogs, the cranial cruciate ligament tear, or um, this one was a full tear on both of them. So he went to surgery and had surgeries called TPLOs, um, tibial plateau leveling osteotomies, where the tibia is actually cut, re- mounted and plated, and then, re, you know, there's a quite a bit of surgery to go clean the joint out and those wonderful things that these surgeons do, and then when stitches come out and the surgeon says, okay, then they <laughs> these patients get sent over to Shannon and her amazing, peaceable crew, and a new life begins, and the right. amount of owner participation and the owner involvement has to to be a commitment, we have to do it together right. and um I, I can tell you from personal client experience and, uh, more so than oh, the yeah. doctor that um it, it's it's intense and it's sad, and it you know it's it's frustrating and you just want you just want them to be for sure. and I got to be honest with you, I tell my clients all the time in these situations that we all know people that are in wheelchairs, we all know people have disabilities, we all know people that um overcome these things. And that I find that that's more true in our animal friends than it is in humans. That, like you're saying, they're fully engaged. They're usually pretty darn comfortable, which I, it's impossible to believe when you see them moving around. But true, right,
0: right. And that with what I
1: do with the acupuncture and some of the other wow. techniques, we can get wonderful, wonderful progress with these guys. But what you guys do and your um, services that you can provide, and we'll get into that. These things working in tandem or just being available to folks that have an animal that's having a neurological disability or an orthopedic disability or something that really takes your feet right out from under you, no pun intended, but when when your dog blows its knees or your dog blows a disc in its back or your cat does it, it, it takes me right. by surprise, like getting hit in the face with a brick. I can tell you for sure. So, oh yeah, um, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what what you guys are doing. But I also want to go back to your. You made a CD of rehab for your clients. That's brilliant. Right. Does this is this CD
0: available to everyone, or just your clients, or who, who uh, is it available to? Right now, for? how would we get it? Yeah, right now it's just available through our clinic. So anybody that we um, are discharging from the hospital. Uh, that has a, a neurologically involved uh, animal, we are sending them home with that um re- really regardless of whether they um uh because we we all these folks even at discharge, we show them some basic um rehab at discharge. We do not require we don't force people to go to sign up for rehab it's it's an added expense and and it's just something you know that we've chosen. Uh, not to, you know, force people to do. However, all of the neurological patients, the minute they are diagnosed and or have surgery in our center, uh, physical therapy is involved with that animal right, um, uh, from the moment the, the veterinarians clear that animal for, uh, for rehab in hospital. So we're, we're making an assessment of them. We're finding out what, what they're able to do and not do and then at discharge uh we work with the discharge technicians to give them appropriate exercises to be doing um at discharge um, okay, if, cool. if, yeah, um
1: we have, we actually have a, we actually have a caller calling in with a question for you so um okay. Saul are you there with your question
0: hi doctor uh, uh, Hi, Shannon. how are you hello so. <laughs> yes can you hear me
1: <laughs> yeah we can hear you Saul thank you so much for calling in what's your question today
0: sorry about that well, um we've been thinking about getting a great day And uh, the few friends that I have that have had them, uh, undoubtedly they say they get hip problems and uh, issues uh, with their joints. Is this something that if it occurs to them that you can help them out by the methods that you have, or is there any way to help prevent these things from happening, specifically to the Great Dane breed? Well, um, I'll I'll let uh, um, Dr. O specify that as far as the medical side of that, but We certainly, we we see a tremendous number, I I wouldn't say um, uh, specifically just the Great Danes, uh, but we certainly see large breed dogs um, that will uh, sometimes even be born with very, very severe hip dysplasia. We've actually had um, some dogs that we've even treated conservatively um, where we've been able to increase their muscle mass around the joints and be able to give them better function and more from the veterinary standpoint, there um, certainly are some procedures that are, are being undertaken uh, to uh, to help, you know, correct those uh, problems that right. they occur, right? Um, I think, you know, probably one of, especially when you're looking at a pure breed dog, they, they, um, you know, some of the, the things are, are certainly being very, very cautious and, um investigative uh, into the the breeder in terms of determining how carefully they are selecting their um their breeding animals and trying to breed out any of those types of of of, of problems it's not a sure thing that's for sure but um <laughs> but that's that's certainly what, if you're going to select a purebred dog that is one thing that is highly recommended that you do your research big time
1: Right, right, right. And,
0: Saul, thank you so much for
1: the question. I really appreciate it. And, uh, Shannon, it's such a great answer. You're going to go out and if you plan on purchasing, a, you know, a dog, you want to be thorough, uh, especially if you're going through a breeder, check their history, check their uh, you know, breeding status, and take a look at the mom and the dad of these puppies. You know, just do, do your due diligence. You want to make sure that right. you're not getting a puppy into a lifetime of discomfort and those types of things. And right. then, if you do commit, Make sure you talk to somebody who has a lot of experience on things like nutrition and exactly. exercise, and bone development, and hold on, oh, yeah. nutrition and nutrition and nutrition um, is so important in the development, especially of these giant breed dogs. Um, and yes. then, unfortunately, if we don't pay attention, if we don't do our due diligence, it's our four-legged friends that suffer the consequences forever. And as right. Shannon pointed out, there are many interventions that veterinarians can practice, especially the skilled surgeons at the referral, or the specialty center and such, um, if, God forbid, something like this does occur. And then, guess what? They end up back at Shannon's place rehabbing right. procedures that these dogs have, and sometimes cats, but dogs have to go through based on their genetics, based on the fact that as humans, in my experience, we want them bigger, fatter, faster, Right. And we'll feed them that way just because, so we think we're cool or we think we have the biggest dog or we think, oh look how fast we are growing, those types of things when in, in all reality that it's just not cool, it's not okay and that we have to, right. you know, it, it, with these giant breed dogs we're looking at three years before they're at full size, so pay attention, you know, so, so I right. don't mean to get out of my soapbox, but dealing with the pain of these, these guys and with what I'm doing now with holistic medicine, it's nice that I have needles and I have lasers and that I have my hands and I have my knowledge and I have my herbals and I have a whole bunch of wonderful things, including nutrition and joint separation. <laughs> it's huge. Some of the huge parts. Yeah, it. is it humongous or what? But it doesn't mean that these guys aren't uncomfortable before they even tell you that they need help. And that this is right. going to be a lifetime thing. If you If you mess it up going in the first three years, we, we do everything we can, but then once again, you have these humongous commitments to rehab and to life changes and, hold on, nutrition, you know, going forward. So um, let's um, um, go, go ahead and talk about that a little bit. And I wanted to ask you directly, Shannon, what if I have a cranial cruciate dog? You know, I, I hurt right. my knee. I blew my knee. I'm holding my right. leg up. like I call it chicken winging, you know, and or I'm, or I'm just toe-touching or I'm rolling. And I just can't get to surgery. I just financially, whatever the reason is, I can't do it. Now I'm familiar with joint supplements, weight control, things like A-track right. braces, those types of things. But then, what right. what would you? And I know you can't diagnose or treat. This is very broad strokes, but. It's a case where you know glucosamine, chondroitin, a tract braces. You know, lose the weight, so we take the pressure off all the other joints because they're doing all the lifting of the leg that's not working. Do you have right. any uh, quick and dirty pointers for folks that might be going through something like that?
0: Well, we've we've certainly had dogs that have had a a, a cruciate ligament deficiency that say they cannot afford the surgery, or um, even situations where they cannot undergo. Uh, surgery safely, say, um, in particular, a very obese dog. Um, uh-huh. There are actually, yeah. there's several uh, 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 knee braces out there for dogs now, um, several companies now, growing you know just um, hugely every year. Uh, but these are people who are orthotists and prosthetists from human medicine who have then uh-huh. gone into the veterinary world, um, we've had some, some very, very wonderful um, um, knee braces uh, that have been made by various companies in the United States uh, and even um, up in Canada uh, that are extremely user-friendly and help to stabilize that knee joint while you mm-hmm. are then um, uh, helping the dog to start to use the limb again and be able to exercise more. Um, we've had dogs uh, be able to do uh, safely do the water therapy uh, in terms of underwater treadmill or uh, swimming, uh, where they can uh, safely be able to exercise their body and, the, and their limb without putting a lot of concussion up through the joint and accelerating the uh, arthritis in the joint. Yeah. Um, and right, and, and so then there I'm, are... some. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'll finish up, and I have a question. Well, go ahead. Yeah, and then the, there are some uh, 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 simple things that we teach people. A lot of it are uh, are some static... Uh, standing, weight-bearing, weight-shifting activities, not a lot of, um, you know, active, concussive-type activities that we would teach uh, somebody, Uh, but uh, there are a lot of ways to be able to uh, increase muscle strength in a cruciate-deficient knee. Uh, But again, the the braces that are out now are much, much more uh, comfortable for the dog and much more user-friendly than ever before. Um, And we do castings. Um, These all require castings. Of the limb that we uh, do at our center, or any veterinary clinic can do, uh, and then the, it is sent into the company f- uh, to produce a custom brace. Uh, yeah, custom, very, very custom. I like that very nice. Oh yeah. Now.
1: Uh-